0: Welcome to School of Movies. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, 2014 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. The movie, not the video game of the same name, which came out several years beforehand. With the really ugly, chode turtles. Ah. But heroes are not born. They're
1: created. That's what your father and I were trying to do. No, 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 whoa, whoa, chill,
2: it's just a mask. See? Don't freak out. Right? <sighs>
0: Okay, so this is technically our third installment of the Turtles films. You weren't on the first two, were you? We, uh, a couple, uh, well, way back when we were doing Digital Gonzo, it was me and Matt Ramsey and Neil Taylor talking about uh, the, just the history of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was uh, like the, the, the comic book and the cartoon, and then the 1989, 19, Is it 1989? And then the original first film, And then we kind of skipped over 2 and 3 and then came back with A Vengeance for TMNT. And uh, we kind of like we were dreading this one back then. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see it at the cinema. No. And now that we've seen it, I kind of want to go back and see 2 and 3 and review them properly with you, maybe. But then again, I mean, uh, what's the point of doing 2? Because We Hate Movies did it so well. So maybe all that's left is to look at three and go, this is the Nadir of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. Because it is. Three is worse than this one. And I, I, I think two is worse than this one. Sidebar, it would appear that We Hate Movies are doing a live review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. So they're covering that one too, so we don't have to. Thank you, guys. So this is the Michael Bay produced one. Oh, so we're also covering the sequel. I mean, we rec- we recorded this one ages ago, and this was way before the sequel was even properly fleshed out. And I'm releasing it now because we can do them both together. Get it all over and done with. Like ripping off a Band-Aid. Although, obviously, 2 has the comedy value of just being just comedically bad.
3: Mm, I mean, I think... Two There's nothing and three. funny about three. <laughs> well, indeed. I think two and three probably fall under the bracket of my main complaint about this one, um, which is that Laziness. it just seems like somebody wanted to fill time.
0: Workman-like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
0: okay, so this is the 2014 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, directed by Jonathan Liebsman. Let's, uh, let's check out Jonathan Liebsman's back catalogue, shall we? I'm sure it's going to be extensive. Uh, he has directed... Uh, Genesis and Catastrophe, a short film Darkness Falls uh, I think that was the film about the Tooth Fairy yeah, it was uh, an evil Tooth Fairy Rings, a short film Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning that was the uh, terrible Michael Bay produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel The Killing Room, Battle Los Angeles all together kind of bump Wrath of the Titans, more bump, not even as good as the utterly mediocre original, and finally, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, like, I mean, he's the perfect guy for the job. If you want a film that is unexceptional in every way, you pick this guy. Now, that's not me saying this film is unexceptional in every way. I'm surprised any of it was good at all. But some good bits did sort of slip through, surprisingly, so not so like oh it was it was it was you know really quite good, actually, I was expecting it to be terrible. It's still just ho hum tumty tum blah 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 blah, and done at least I mean too, it didn't feel long like the uh the transformers four and three and two and one <laughs> in the same way, I mean, possibly just because I was sort of sitting with some vague um. Like apprehension as to what was going to happen. Maybe seeing it a second time, it would feel really long.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it. I found myself wondering, as I was looking at it, exactly how much attention I was paying, um, because how much attention am I paying? Well, it was. It was just the fact that I'm sat there. I know I'm watching it because there's stuff in my eyes, <laughs> um, but I didn't really seem to be uh, getting any kind of
0: it wasn't the experience of being told a story
3: well it's michael but well it's it's not michael bay directing obviously but michael bay has a firm hand in it so i wasn't exactly He put expecting a meat that. puppet
0: in his place because he couldn't be bothered to do the work he was too busy doing no work on Transformers 4
3: yeah yeah but uh, see this is the thing i i actually was engaged more with the story for Transformers 3 obviously, I haven't seen four, than I was with this. And part of that was, well, as you pointed out as we were watching it, they just felt so compelled to tell you the same thing over and over (laughs) and over again. The first half was just repeating the circumstances that had caused them to become the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, in different ways.
0: Like, they were, like What was the first thing kids know about turtles? Well, they were like they, some like, science experiment gone wrong and they were mutated because of mutagen. That's all you need to know. They did that in the first few seconds. They do it in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon show in like nanoseconds during the title sequence. And yet so they're like, April, we must tell you more about this. And they tell you less about it. <laughs> and take a considerable amount of time. Yeah, the first half of the film is setting stuff up to go, right, these are the turtles. Now, let us explain how they are here. The second half is an extended action sequence.
3: Actually, it's the same action sequence, twice with a different backdrop. Yeah. Because they do what's effectively snowboarding on the end of a chain down a mountain... Mm-hmm. And then they do what's effectively snowboarding on their shells through the sewer pipe.
0: Yeah. But that that that's that, that one's much shorter. That's just a bit of a connective tissue to get you to the next. bit. they're like, right, that bit's done. Now let's jump back to New York. Um okay, let's just let's rewind a bit. The, the, the very beginning, you got a narration from Splinter, played in this case by Tony Shellhoob, and immediately my brain went, nope, no, 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 no. That's not Splinter because he doesn't sound Japanese. Now, why do I think that? Why does Splinter have to be Japanese?
3: Because in the story, he comes from Japan.
0: He always has been, has done. But, I mean, like, do Japanese rats speak with a Japanese accent? Like, if he's, like, in some versions of the story, Hamato Yoshi was human, in which case, um, yeah, of course, it would retain his a- accent if he was Japanese. But if he's a rat... <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure that somebody has looked into it and dogs bark with different accents depending on where they're from.
0: In Germany, woah, woah. So, yeah, you got this splinter saying, you are four brothers. You are blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, this is fine. Yep, okay, sitting there, watching that. And then sort of like little, little interstitial bits of the turtles, motifs of their weapons and their sort of like training, but they keep them in the shadows and so you can't really – it's lively to begin with. So, yeah, okay, it's good lot of stuff with Megan Fox lot of stuff with April she wants to be a better reporter and report on more than just fluff more than just froth more than just foam the film takes on a meta narrative and is like Will Arnett the you know the the impossible to to cover up how funny this guy is in real life um, cameraman is going people like froth and foam and disposable crap they like it it's fun and it's like hang on are you talking about this film when you're talking about that because obviously if April wants something more and this film is not going to endeavour to be something more, that's something, <laughs> wouldn't you say? That's that's setting its goals and then falling short of them on purpose in front of the audience who it perceives only want the fluff anyway.
3: I don't know what they think their audience want. <laughs> I... Uh, Fights. It doesn't... Well, you see... It doesn't have the gleeful, sparkly, robotic ridiculousness that is Transformers. And I didn't think I would ever come to a point where I was finding something vaguely positive in Transformers when compared to anything. But at least they're something. I mean, they're not something that I particularly appreciate, but they're obviously something that their audience gets something out of. But this just seemed to be just nothing just not much of anything the the fights were lacklustre and unenthusiastic they're um, still doing a
0: spinning in slow motion through the air thing that transformers do as well
3: yes but it's Spin just
0: spinjitsu I believe it's called <laughs>
3: indeed
0: that's actually from Lego's Ninjago and it, it just seems like Michael Bay's gone yeah that's a good name we'll do that
3: yeah, but I mean that there just didn't seem to have been much thought put into anything throughout the entire film. I mean, the um, there was one point where um, Splinter is fighting Shredder, mm-hmm. and it's an entirely ridiculous. Um, visual setup, because Shredder is huge and is wearing this um, sort of tin can samurai armor (laughs) that covers every scrap of flesh the man has. He appears to have two giant Swiss army knives attached to his arms. Um, I half expected him to suddenly start going after Splinter with a thing you get stones out of horses' hooves with. But Splinter's trying to fight this you know, walking metal beastie hmm. with a sword, with a, with a katana, and he's completely unarmoured. He even takes his shoes off, which yeah. seemed a little bit...
0: But if you are going to kick him, bodies. don't kick him with bare feet.
3: But, I mean, Splinter's a smart rat. What damage does he think a bladed object is going to do to this samurai armour. He's not
0: fighting tactically and yet somehow April manages to save him by jumping at the obviously exposed power core at the back of Shredder and stabbing it with a scythe. So April's the one who's better tactically than
2: than Splinter.
3: I could have understood it if it had been that he's sort of you know, accepting the fact that he's much shorter than Shredder, he he hasn't got the height advantage, he hasn't got the weight advantage basically what he needs to do is keep low where where Shredder can't hit him and exactly find anything that's exposed damage It's
0: a girl doing something. That's that's something for a Michael Bay film. Okay, it right. is. Sharon, was that the worst bit of the film?
3: That was, was the, the best, best,
0: best bit of the film.
3: Uh, <laughs> it was. It does actually. Yes, you you are onto something there. He does seem to be um, responding to. When we did the the Transformers reviews, one of the things that me and Neil both said was that. Um, uh, frankly, Michaela should have been the hero of the Transformers movies. She did more, she was more interesting, she was more involved as a character and would frankly have preferred to see much more of her and much less of Shia LaBeouf. Mm -hmm. That seems to have been taken to heart in the Turtles, in that she's now the core Of everything, absolutely everything that happens in this film revolves around April.
0: You were my previous turtles when I was a kid. I'm going to watch some videos to remind myself and anybody watching of this fact. I can tell you every single one of my hamsters' names from that age. Like, she has to look it on video to confirm it to herself.
3: And that just doesn't seem to fit for me with the the turtles' mythos. And, and it oh, seems don't, like,
0: seriously, that it not quite fitting with the turtle's mythos is one of the least of its crimes.
3: Well, yes, that's true. And, y- you know, I never thought that I would be the one complaining about this. But he's put this woman at the center of the story and everything revolves around her. But it just doesn't seem in any way, uh, I don't know, genuine or. or for any kind of positive reason because it's offset by the fact that she uh, um, is constantly announcing that she wants to do all this serious journalism um, and... uh, trying to to sort of put across that she's this smart, sharp, intelligent, investigative person. But then she just bounces around being an object anyway. One of the first things that introduces her to the turtles is, guess what? She gets held hostage and stuck with everybody else in the subway. There's a point near the end of the film where she's leaning out of a truck window trying to save the life of... <sighs> is, is it Raph or Leonardo? One of them. Who is attached to the end of a wire and they devote an entire half minute to Will Arnett staring at her ass. Even Lyra noticed.
0: Yeah, Lyra went, oh, for God's sake.
3: Oh, for God's sake. She did <laughs>
0: She's, That's the core cool audience, just looking guys. Looking
3: at her bottom, yes, yes, dear, he is. <sighs> I mean, uh, at least if you're gonna look at her ass, grab her feet and do something useful while you're about it.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay, one of the fun things in this uh, film is to play Spot the uh, rewrite. You can basically uh, work out where the original film was filmed, and then when they had to shoot new scenes to cover over the really bad original script ideas. Like, the originally, Bill Fickner was playing a man named Schrader, who turned like basically puts on metal armor and becomes the Shredder. But then they sort of added in this shadowy, like, Japanese guy, who at least speaks in a Japanese accent, um, and it's like, no, he's the Shredder. And And so, okay, so they moved it a little bit closer to something that we we know of. And at one point, um, like, Will on that says, what, are they aliens? And April goes, no, that's stupid. Because originally that was the script idea that they were actually from Dimension X, which doesn't make them aliens. Interdimensional beings, in point of fact. And uh, April goes, no, that's stupid. To say, look, hey, folks, we paid attention here. Um, But, I mean, it's all stupid. It's all silly. It it doesn't make any difference. Like, if one daft... Origin story from the next. Frankly, it just all I wanted was some character, and it doesn't entirely miss that, but it doesn't deliver either. I mean, it's 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 got the the, the turtle characters, but I think the the thing that I noticed when they were barreling down the hill was that. April hadn't really interacted with any of them, like sat down and had a conversation with any of them about who they are. They spent the first hour of the film nearly saying how this happened, not who they are, but how they are, and then the rest of the film, they're exploding and flying all over the place. So we never really get to find out who they are, aside from the, what do you know about Raph? He's angry. What do you know about Mikey? He's a party dude! What do you know about Donnie? He's a total nerd and does (laughs) machines. And Leo, he's the boring one. And that's basically it. Like, ten minutes with the Nickelodeon show and you'll get far, far more of the Turtles characters than the whole two hour shebang of this.
3: Now you mention it, actually, I think you're right. The they are the turtles they are as a group the turtles and april only really interacts with them on the basis that they were her four turtles that she used to feed pizza to there's not a great deal of individualizing that goes on um and she doesn't relate to them as the humanoids that they are now she still seems to see them as um her old pets her little turtles, albeit yeah. now that they're big and muscly and able to bust out of tanks all by the lonesome Mm. Um, which that scene by the way where she hammers on the button to deliver massive adrenaline boost so that they can burst out of the tanks that basically summed up how I feel about how Michael Bay plays around with adrenaline and what he thinks adrenaline ought to do.
0: (laughs) Well, adrenaline's exciting, isn't it?
3: Yes, it just makes everything faster and and stronger and work much harder. crazier. No, Mike, that's not what adrenaline does. (laughs)
0: Anyway, uh, Matt Wetter did point out that he really loves Donnie, and it's like Donnie's film. And frankly, looking back at the other Turtle films, this is probably the one with the most like showcasing of Donnie. Uh, in the like, uh, in, the, in the original like um, puppet Turtle films, the first three, Donnie couldn't be- do machines because they had to offset Ralph's angriness to sort of approach the imbalance that the original cartoon presented. Because they unbalanced the uh, originally way too grim and dark comics um and so Donnie was more of a jokester and he didn't do machines the only time you really get to see Donnie being Donnie is TMNT which nobody saw but he's still like not center stage it's still all about Leo and Raph and in this one at least he does get to sort of like you know like display to people who Donnie is, like he's a bit of a nerd, and at one point he says something like, can I at least be the badass once, or something along those lines, but like his, his first line is, I calculate, according to my calculations, she's a woman, and it's like, oh my god, it's like they basically fed the word nerd into a computer and it, it, it procedurally generated a bunch of terrible dialogue.
3: Does he say glaven at any point in the film?
0: Nay. No. <laughs>
3: Um, I, I would imagine that part of the reason why he doesn't really do anything technical in the the um, live action puppeteer Old budget didn't cover it is no, well no think about it those great big turtle hands he's mm. not going to have the dexterity to pick up anything smaller than a pizza plate yeah
0: but also budget didn't cover it well yes <laughs> they couldn't afford extra stuff they couldn't afford a turtle party wagon.
3: But this Which is why... finally
0: got shown here, and it's like, oh, yeah, finally the party wagon. I was like, okay, oh, yeah, that's fine. I, I, I could have done with more party wagon, frankly.
3: I could have done with a bigger party wagon. When he said there was a 42-inch TV in there, I was like, the car's not 42 inches long. And if you
0: watch a 42-inch TV that close, you're going to get terrible eye strain. That's, that's probably true. why Donnie's got those glasses, those enormous nerd glasses. Mm. Anyway, um, the, the one thing that made me uncomfortable, but at the same time, kind of give it an old sort of credit, is that the turtles are horny as fuck, and it's kind of disturbing, like, like. Like, they're looking at April, and from a distance, you can only hear their voice going, Oh man, my shell's getting tighter. Oh, I got an enormous turtle boner! And, um, it's like, I was I, like, That doesn't sound like the sort of thing the turtles would say. Yes, because they've never really been portrayed as actual teenagers. If the turtles turned up and they were all like the in betweeners, suddenly we've got real teenagers. Depressingly so. But it yeah.
3: also begs the question what that mutagen actually does because I don't think reptile reproduction works quite the same way as, as yes. human reproduction. So the impulses would all be different.
0: But yeah, they're constant allusions to basically wanting to shag April uh, unsavoury.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's.
0: I mean, they're hulking, roided up, like rapist strong, horrible, horrible, grotesque creatures. But they cannot hold a candle to how hideous splinter is my god what were the words I said when you, I first saw him
3: I can't remember but they weren't pleasant
0: it was kill it with fire oh yes right. I want to throw up Ugh. when I see that
1: it's disgusting it's one of those repulsive things <laughs> I hate that movie but that's disgusting <laughs> what a disgusting thing to put in it's just like so disgusting
0: Gross! <laughs> it's gross. There are ways of making Splinter seem genuinely appealing, and pretty much across the board in every iteration of the turtles, the original comics, in the original cartoon, in the 19, the, the original trilogy of live action movies, in TMNT, especially with Marco's voicing and that one, those wonderful graphics, uh, in uh, the uh, new Nickelodeon show, and in the even in the um, the two thousands show, the. 2003 uh, one, Splinter has been basically an attractive rat in terms of, I like, like, like something that you're like, oh, that, that's kind of a cool, awesome animal. And, uh, like, th- there's a sort of a way of making him a certain amount of furry and a certain amount of noble and a certain amount of, like, sort of um, holding back a certain wistful sadness, uh, but also trying to be sort of very much, you know, I've got to be the rock for these guys. Not the rock, that would have been cooler. Um, <laughs> But this thing, this is like an enormous rat, like a disgusting, like rat monkey thing out of Brain Dead Rat, like a, di- like a yes, hideous. that's
3: what he reminded me of. Hideous plague rat thing. It's it was horrible.
4: Smack my
2: picture
0: horrible and because tony shell voice is coming out of it not one thing about that rat apart from when he started fighting was splinter so maybe that's why i like that fight scene because it's like okay he's a radical rat but i uh, just nauseating looking at that hairless creep with his black shark-like eyes and ugh, i think i was a bit sick in my mouth just thinking about splinter there um so yeah, the epic fail on that one in realization of Splinter. I mean, c- by comparison, Mikey is is a, a triumph, um, you know, because he's, he's fun and he kind of makes me laugh. He's not endearing like uh, they, like the Nickelodeon Mikey um, or, or the one in TMNT, uh, but uh, or, or the the one in the original trilogy. Um, but I kind of liked Mikey. I kind of liked Raph. Donnie was kind of annoying, and Leo was barely there, so yeah kind of as usual um, but the one thing I noticed about his weird like lip moving mouth it, he reminded me of the annoying orange <laughs> <laughs> he had his lips moving in his face that I was like hey apple hey apple so yeah that's, that's them what else is there to say they flip all over the place and some explosions happen <laughs> anything else? I mean the foot clan are, are Rainbow Six now
3: yeah, that was oh, that weirded me out. When they're down in the subway and I suddenly realized that um what's her name? The leader of the Foot Clan.
0: Karai, uh, Karai. Uh, last in the live action ones. Right. Made a big deal of. Basically she was just like she was blown away like, oh my god, we're the turtles, we have no way of dealing with these things. And then she's in a car chase and then her car gets destroyed. So that's as it. that's as important as Karai was.
3: Also, she didn't sound like that because her accent was completely American. Okay. But, um, but
0: like, Basically, Karai looked to TMNT for how to portray that. Uh, played by t- Zhang Ji.
3: But she... Was it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize.
0: An enemy from your past is returning.
3: Okay. Totally missed that one. Um, but, yeah, I, I suddenly realized that she stood there holding down all these hostages with a... Pistol, just a regular, straightforward handgun.
0: I mean, and they're scared hostages.
3: They are very scared hostages. And then I realised that the rest of the Foot Clan have all got assault rifles.
0: Mm. There was that Which one doesn't point doesn't really when... seem
3: to fit. Why do they need <coughs> to be ninjas if you're going to send them in with assault rifles anyway? Just their Rainbow Six.
0: Also, I, I'm not making it any I, like they are so much less interesting than the Foot Clan. Because they're not the Foot Clan; they're just a bunch of guys now, a SWAT team. And at one point, like when the Turtles like, go in and they kick the shit out of them, um, like one of them gets tossed into a moving, speeding train. He's dead. He is a dead man. That might be the first on-screen, straight-out death of at least a, a, a henchman that the Turtles have caused. I mean, you know, there, there wasn't that one time when they uh, chucked when Splinter Chuck Shredder into the garbage compactor, and Casey Jones went, "Oh, he's probably still alive in there." Crush. Now he's dead. But yeah no yeah the turtles started their uh, their 2014 debut by murdering a man. The rest of them get tied up but that guy's dead. Uh, there was also at one point uh, uh, Shredder says a line which was actually said originally by the Uncle Phil Shredder in the original cartoon tonight i dine on turtle soup and it made me think wouldn't it just have been great if this shredder had been super camp wouldn't that have been something rather than just the growly megatron nothing bad guy that he and every other bad guy in films that don't try are?
3: You might be able to answer a question for me, actually, because my brain may have just not picked up on it. In their splicing in of the new Shredder.
0: Mm-hmm. You mean the old Shredder?
3: The old Shredder, sorry.
0: Rather than Shredder.
3: Did they completely forget to tell us anything that might suggest why this person was pulling the strings from behind the scenes of um, Bill Fickner's I'll tell you why. Plan. Because
0: he's Shredder. That's all you need to But
3: they d- I'm not wrong, am I? They no. don't explain what he has to do with the masterminding. The, the master whole
0: thing. plan is that plan out of Amazing Spider Man in that really dismal film that nobody liked.
3: Indeed. <laughs> kept thinking of this shredder
0: yeah.
3: as like the fake Ray al Ghul, just yeah. this big mysterious person Should who be, uh, in uh, actual uh, fact uh, has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on.
0: Dude, Ken Watanabe would have been a great shredder.
3: Ooh, he would.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we're never going to like, like, in, like I give up at this point. If Paramount have this little faith in the Turtles as a franchise and have this little interest in churning out a good film, this is a, the best we're going to get. Because the Transformers films are carrying on apace. You know, they're, they're never going to stop. These total films will just carry on and on and on like that. They will not need to reboot. You know, the, the, the second... like Originally, the, the first Transformers film did like $750 million. This one did $482 million. So, mm, actually not as good. But I would guarantee you the next one will do better. It, it was nominated for five golden raspberry awards at the 35th edition so arnold w raspberry didn't like this one or he did like it including worst picture and worst prequel remake rip off or sequel a sequel is scheduled for release on june 3rd 2016 why bother i mean you know it'll it'll just make its money and make more money that's basically it it's workmanlike it'll it'll just be there it's not the worst thing that's ever been released regarding Turtles. I think actually even worse than Turtles 3 possibly is that the next mutation, which is, I mean, just ah, oh, ugh. Oh. Even that had a more attractive splinter than this though. <laughs> that, like really cheap Power Rangers splinter just mooping around in the park. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the end of it is that Schrader wants to perform a biological attack on New York City with that, that exact same tower from Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, the turtles foil it, and the Shredder falls off a building. And the tower falls down just like an Amazing Spider-Man. And then the turtles are sort of like on the tower as it falls. And Raph does this really impassioned kind of, you know, I love you guys speech. Which somehow, at the end of that film of me going, ugh, made me go, oh, how did they do that? Because it's nice, it's it's a weird nice little note for it to end on and then when they say goodbye to April after blowing up a car, it's kind of like, I didn't leave the film going up. Oh, fuck you guys, you ruined turtles, again! In all seriousness, I just thought, you know what this is not like um, The Last Airbender where if it's it screwed up, it's one chance to uh, be brought to the public eye. The turtles are in the public eye and will always be in the public eye, they'll go away, they'll come back Um, And kids today, right now, this second, are being served very well for Turtles, with the Nickelodeon show, which, while it does fall considerably short of Avatar levels of greatness, is a consistently good, fun show to watch. And it does the Turtles proud, and it gives us a variation on the original classic uh, series, with lots of the other things that have come since then spliced in there. It's a great show, so it's not like, we don't get good Turtles! We do get good Turtles, just not in the cinema. You know, the cinema will just be these plodding, workmanlike like crappy retreads of the same formula. And the TV show, hopefully, will get better. Maybe well, I mean, maybe they'll go to the future. On a long enough timeline, the Turtles becomes rubbish and they have to reboot it again. That's basically the, the thing.
3: On a long enough timeline, does everything become rubbish?
0: I mean, you know, Bond, you know, has his down spots and then he comes back up again. I suppose, yeah, on a long enough timeline, each individual Bond becomes rubbish. No Bond has ever left the series on a high note. <laughs> they always leave on possibly their lowest note and then get replaced. <laughs> Seriously, Diamonds Are Forever? Ugh, that stunk! Here's Roger Moore. And then Roger Moore, uh, View to a Kill? Oh God! Here's Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton didn't get a chance to become crap. And then Pierce Brosnan comes in. And then Die Another Day. Ugh... And then Daniel Craig turns up. So I'm not looking forward to Daniel Craig's last film as Bond. And I said that way before I saw Spectre and my suspicions were sadly correct. For me. And some people liked it. But I don't care about Spectre. But it's it's that level of like constant rebirthability we're talking mm. the turtles will never die but they need to like it's not like with Spider-Man where there's always something going on they need to like have dynasties where they go and then they, they go away for a while and then they come back but you, usually it's not longer than 10 years it's never really been longer than seven, uh, like 5-6 years tops
3: how much appeal do you think they have for uh, successive generations? Do they change it enough to, to fit with each generation that oh, they introduce it to? Ninja Turtles
0: merch is doing gangbusters right now. Kids so love it. So, yes, then. So, yes. yeah. But clearly not enough, because only $482.1 million worth of people went to see that. So, I wonder if it's... it's I, I don't get how so many people can go to see Transformers 4 the same year with the same low standards and not go and see this with their same low standards. You know, it's, it's, it's like the, the, the catchment area for Transformers fans and Turtle fans in a Venn diagram form is a circle.
3: Maybe because it didn't blurries, have big giant me. robots then.
0: It did though! Shredder is a big giant robot!
3: Well, it had like the one...
0: So that's the thing. You've got to put more big giant robots in. Expect them in Turtles 2. Bebop, Rocksteady, and uh, Metalhead. No, it was Krang. Yeah, the answer we were looking for was Krang. Krang is in Ninja Turtles 2 as a big giant robot. Also, can we get Leatherhead? Can we get Krang, please? How hard is it to do Krang? Haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to guess uh, very hard. Very hard to do. Yeah, Shredder! That version of Krang. I want a part in Go*. Turtle- oh, that's Skeletor. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, bollocks to it. Uh, is that it? Can we put this one to bed, please? Why not? These just, I mean... I look at the poster now. I've been looking at it the whole way through this. And it's these enormous muscular guys. And I'm thinking the reason, one of the main reasons that Marvel is so huge right now is sex appeal. And I know it sounds silly, but Robert Downey Jr. turns heads. As does Chris Pratt. As does Chris Evans. As does Chris Hemsworth. You know, just like, give us sexy turtles for for the next one. And you'll get more girls in. And gay men. You know, you've got to be courting these markets, Michael. Otherwise, you're only going to get $412 million. And while you're at it, make Splinter attractive too. And you know what I'm saying? Attra- I'm not saying I actually want to shag the turtles if they were made to look more attractive, but something that's not grotesque might help your box office. I know it sounds mental, but... I mean, that these like, like I say, these hulking monstrosities are what uh, Lugo from... Um, Pain and Gain would consider to be specimens rather than something you'd find in a specimen jar. Bro, that turtle's a juicer. He's got pretty impressive glutes. But I don't know. I, I, like I say, I have no hope for the future of the series In, in uh, it, while Bay is controlling it, while Paramount have this little interest in making them good. Uh, and I think, like Chipman, I would like to see a much more uh, of a joyful return to the camp turtles Um you know, still keeping some of the uh, the serious elements in there. But, I mean, fun. Please offer us fun. And fun with the turtles, you know, because it's nice and fun and cheap to actually show us the humans. And, you know, you, there's it, that thing with Transformers. They can only show them on screen for, like, 30 minutes of the whole film because it's expensive otherwise. But you know what? You made them, CG. So suck it up. Give us the turtles. Well, give us the, you. It would behoove you when making a film called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to give us the Teenage Ninja Turtles! Doing something well, yes. other than ninjutsu!
3: do have a lot of shots of the four little real turtles walking around in the tank in April's room.
0: Mm. And the turtles as kids in the flashbacks are really cute.
3: That was very sweet, yeah.
0: Credit to them for that. But, I mean, it's... It's unexceptional as a film, especially like it's up against so much of such strength these days. Like they're, they're playing against people on their A game, against studios who want to win, and it doesn't seem like they want to win with this. They just want to compete. Pad. yeah, they just want to be there and only. Be, it's like it's like. It's like those Formula 1 race drivers that know they're not going to win the race but just go in because they're getting by on the I mean I don't know how Formula 1 works but obviously there's got to be people who make careers out of just being there.
3: Um well from what I remember of the Formula 1 that I used to watch when I was a kid it the, the team points element of it can be quite significant. So maybe that's it. It Was was it the same studio that does the Transformers?
0: It was Paramount. They do Transformers. They've, they've actually done several of the uh, Marvel ones up until the point where Disney bought them.
3: Right, okay. So sometimes the idea is that your your primary driver is expected to win. Mm. Uh, your secondary driver is expected to, you know, place a, a decent third or fourth or fifth just to grab some extra points to make sure the team stays boosted. So maybe that's part of it. On a new uh, property that they hadn't put out before, that they personally hadn't put out before, um, just do something that's solid enough to make some money without trying to be overambitious and end up overreaching and falling off the cliff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Which just, is
3: great business, but awful creatively.
0: <sighs> okay, news on the sequel, apparently, and this is going to date, but I've got to mention it anyway, even though this is going to be uh, not the case as soon as I've put this out. In December 2014, it's revealed that David Green, director of Earth to Echo, is in talks to direct the sequel. Do you remember that uh, trailer for that uh, film with the l- kids who discovered the little robot? As in, made for very little money, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, it made cost $13 million, made $45 million and um, by all accounts was well received mm-hmm. uh, so I mean you know better than this guy who's extremely workman like uh, Casey Jones Bebop from Rocksteady Krang and Dimension X okay but I mean just because they're there doesn't mean that that's going to make for a better film you know that's, that's just ingredients it's not like any of them uh, contain like like Literally, write themselves in terms of storytelling. It's not like any of them are so massively appealing. Like, you can just chuck Iron Man into a film and expect that to suddenly be really great. It requires effort, it requires sculpting and story and uh, characterization, it requires a performance. And it requires trust in your audience to be smart enough to be able to go, right, okay, I'm on board in terms of the plot. Now let's get to the middle part of the film where we realize why we should care about this, which this film lacks. (laughs) In effect, it's like if you lopped the legs and head off a turtle and then squashed them all together with glue, leaving out everything in the shell. And on that disgusting bombshell... Which, by the way, is nowhere near as repulsive as Splinter. (laughs) I think we're done. Okay, then. Anything else to add?
3: No, I don't think so. That covers pretty much all the nothing I felt about that film.
0: Oh, hang on. P.S. Music was adequate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so much about this film was adequate.
0: (laughs) Oh, Brian Tyler, of course. He's, uh, he's actually a really excellent uh, composer. That'll be why, then. Here's what Mark Kermode thought.
5: And despite the fact that it's directed by Jonathan Liebesman, you can tell that it's a Michael Bay production. And the reason you can tell that is the shots of Megan Fox's bottom and the jokes about Victoria's Secret. I mean, bear in mind, this is a kid's franchise, but it's fine, because if it's a Michael Bay movie, there has to be a bit in which there's a huge billboard with a Victoria's Secret advert in it in which the turtles are hiding, see if you can guess where, are, and a shot in which Megan Fox, for no good reason at all, bends over something while somebody looks um, uh, upon and says, oh, that's absolutely wonderful. The rest of it is uh, t- to be Michael Bay, flat as a pancake humor, totally incoherent action sequences, and that really oddly dated sound effect that he's used in all the Transformers movies, which is when a really big thing is happening, it goes. Ah. It's like, just sort out the digital interference, man. That's not what really big things happen. It's just like in a Michael Bay movie, if anything, like a really big thing moving. <laughs> That's what it does. It's like that you go, "Why what, what is making that noise?" Well, it, it's, it's, it's a trap going like that and then there's a turn, there's a thing. And then, By the way, while Mark is doing that, he has one hand over his mouth and the other one uh, the other arm is coming around from the from, from the other side and attacking whoever is in the area yeah, with a, a few stabbing actions. Yeah, but that's that's the no, it's just it's the default Michael Bay sound effect for really big stuff happening. And it sounds like you've just got some digital interference and it turned up really loud. Big, loud, noisy, boring. Now, not the worst thing I've seen by uh, quite a long way. It's not bad enough to get really cross about, and it is possible that if you were absolutely, you know, in a state of totally kind of comatose disengagement, you could probably... But my, you know, my main experience of it was you just go, yeah, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Never liked them, don't like them now. Dislike them a little bit more now because of the Michael Bay jokes and the Victoria's Secret adverts. It's otherwise same as before, just louder and more boring. Stay tuned for exactly what I thought of
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows.
4: This bitch is my recital. Bogey's on the bus. I think it's very vital. Hit the button. What button? There are a million buttons. Superheroes? (laughs) Superheroes? <laughs> Just four brothers who hate bullies. <laughs> and love this city.
3: Whoa, whoa. This never works out well for you. What's your name?
4: Casey Jones. I'm looking for Aaron Moore. But we could work with that. Me too. This is gonna be good! Dude! Bringing back the mohawk. Good for you. ho, oh, y'all got jokes, huh? You
3: know oh. what we need? Vox tubes.
0: Yeah. To send out. We should do a thousand of those.
3: tube. <laughs> send them out to Patreon subscribers. God.
0: <laughs> we'll just get everyone together in the same place and listen to one Vox Yes.
3: <laughs> Why are you up to a um, what's it? A megaphone? It's, can understand it's not even something. processing
0: anymore. Now it's loading. Oh dear. Loading. Loading.
3: I did have a look to see if there's any apps that would record a, um, a Skype call, but there doesn't appear to be.
0: On on I. IP- iP-
3: Mm, so that I can do a backup at my end.
0: Yeah, no, because that would then put an MP3 file in your um, iPod, which you wouldn't be able to get it out.
3: There are apps that can record the native audio um, and send it, create it as an MP3 straight to your Dropbox or straight to OneDrive, but it doesn't look as though you can hook them into Skype.
0: Let me tell you though, do you like Apple products? Because it's very important that you buy Apple products. The makers of Ninja Turtles out of the shadows would like you to buy Apple products. You see, they received a large pay packet from Apple. And uh, there's a bit with an iPad or an iPhone, a bit where uh, April says any device you got, you know, iPad, iPhone. Um, And then later on, Baxter Stockman compares himself to Galileo and uh, Newton, Steve Jobs. (sighs) It's the triple whammy of Apple, the, the Apple mm. whammy, if you will. Uh, and, uh, yeah, product, product placement. I saw H&M product placement in there. It's a Michael Bay film. First thing you see in the film is uh, this is Paramount. You know the Paramount logo with the stars that go over the water? Mm. There were ninja stars this time. I don't remember if it was in that uh, in that first film, but nice touch. Loads mm. of shurikens going around the Paramount logo. Then there was a thing for, like, China films, and it was like, look, I've never seen this logo before. Um, and it's, it's like, you know, the, the, the biggest film production company in China. And then there was Alibaba Films, the biggest film production in Arabia, question mark?
3: Hang on a minute. The biggest film production in, uh, producer in China? Yep. Which means they've put money into this. Yep.
0: And then a rape as well.
3: Remember when we discussed that the Transformers movies were one of the top performing films in China? Yeah. And we speculated that the reason for that was because China only selects a handful of Western films. Um, And if you're on that list, then you're pretty much guaranteed to do major bank in China.
0: Yeah. If you're actually you made say? from the uh, the production studio or the the, the, uh, the distribution studio from China that actually put up some cash for this.
3: Yeah, you're pretty much guaranteed to be on that list.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be one of the four films released in China this year that does gangbusters because they've got nothing else to watch from America.
3: Now, I don't want to say that Michael Bay is cynical.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's also the Alibaba films, which I'm gonna go ahead and guess is something to do with the Middle East. Either way, you got that. No. Logo. The audience, <laughs> please
3: tell me it's a Western company based in the Middle East, not a Middle Eastern company that's calling itself that.
0: There was also the Platinum Dunes logo, which is of course Michael Bay's, uh, you know, production company. And um, the audience shifted uncomfortably in their seats when it cut to the credits, and it was uh, like uh, the, it was New York, and it went a Platinum Dunes film. In association with Alibaba, it's like you just told us this. You just given us the logos, and now you're telling us in text. Just like that, you must tell it. Like it, I have never seen a film market itself quite so squarely as a product, aside from possibly the Transformers films, where it comes up with a Hasbro film. You might, you like toys. Give me When we finished the film, this little kid behind me muttered to his dad, can we go to Toys R Us? So it's working.
3: <laughs> right, okay, now I've got this vision of Michael Bay, perfectly coiffed hair and all, standing in a back alley with an overcoat that he holds out to one side and goes, yeah. what are you buying?
0: <laughs> He's pimp. Um, anyway,
3: <laughs> I take turtles now. You get kills later.
0: <laughs> you want to be amphibian? Um, yes. Teenage Mutant Turtles out of the shadows, and then in bra- in brackets film. If you <laughs> just in case you weren't sure, no, you Go to Wikipedia, there's also a video game called Mutant Turtles out of the shadows game. <laughs> Uh, video game uh, which is of no relation at all i think what i suspect happened is that they went out oh, the shadows that's a good name we'll have that one please and uh, that game came out um 2013 uh, not too long after we did our first uh, turtles episodes it's kind of fun for a while it's sort of a, a uh, 3d beat em up and it's horribly bugged and it's horribly janky and these bosses are so obscenely cruel like it's like old arcade sensibilities, like, you know, oh, you fucked up, give us another quarter, only you don't have any quarters to give them. It's like, well, what do you want from me? And then uh, <laughs> like, it kills one of your brothers, and then you try and resurrect him with the pizza that you've got, and then he kills another of your brothers, and then you spend the whole time trying to get them back up online. But because it's so glitchy, I, I ended up with my head stuck inside a giant mouser because it had morphed through the wall of this boss, and it was just killing me. Awful, awful game. Terribly designed, needed to be spent, needed to have a lot longer spent on it. Also, the turtles themselves look grotesque in this game. Mm. Um, Haven't played the new one from the people who made the Transformers Destruction game. By all whites, it's not as good as the Transformers Destruction game. Anyway, Turtles Out of the Shadows film. Complete blind entry on this one. I had no idea what this film was going to be like. It came out today. It literally came out today, and as of yesterday, there were no reviews in yet. So basically, the press got to see it the same time I did. I got to see it the first showing today, so I literally saw the first showing in England that I could that wasn't some sort of preview screening or press screening before. Like, no, because I didn't do press screenings! That wasn't some sort of, like, um, premiere? Did, did, did
3: they, I was going to say, did they have a premiere? Uh-huh. Was there a red carpet event?
0: Yeah. So I like I had no idea what this would be going in, aside from understanding of the pedigree.
3: <laughs> Which does not bode well, frankly.
0: Now, as I said uh, just now on the uh, previous podcast that we recorded, what, a year or so ago? Uh, the previous part of the podcast, uh, it's a new director, David Green, rather than Jonathan Liebsman. Uh Jonathan Liebsman, if you remember, was very workman-like. Dave, Gre- Dave Green, sorry, uh, who directed a little tiny film called Earth to Echo in 2014, where a bunch of uh, little uh, teenage kids find a little robot and help him get back to his home planet. It's a better film than this, um, and I recommend you guys see it. It cost about $72 to make, and it made $71, so just about broke even. I... Uh, It bothers me, by the way, folks, that there are two kinds of films. There's the films that are tiny and no one's ever going to see, and then there's the huge films which either everyone has to see or not enough people see and they're an enormous flop. (laughs) And then they cancel them and reboot them. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's a. There's there's other kinds of films, but sometimes it feels like that's the landscape. And you know, there's there's plenty of really good dramas that we've we saw Don John recently. That's really good, folks. Mm -hmm. Do you want to see Don John? Go see Don John. It's, it's, uh, it's available on uh, DVD right now. Do we have to talk about Tears to Ninja Turtles out of the shadows?
3: You do seem to be going out of your way to avoid it.
0: Okay. So new director, way better than Jonathan Liebsman, uh, less workmanlike, clearly has a sense of humor about this. Um, you know, it's got an eye, uh, eye for a bit more um, you know, movement and fun and uh, it, color. I'll start by saying straight away, because this is what all the reviews are going to say. This is a cartoon. It's not just a cartoon. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1987. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's that.
5: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't... You know, I I, st- I I first started thinking that when I saw the the, the trailer with Tricky on it. Um, and I was like, oh, this is very colorful. They got Bebop and Rocksteady. They got... It looks like Krang. Um, maybe, maybe it'll be more fun than the other one. I didn't realize quite how... Like, okay... It's just like the original TV show to the point where the script is equally cretinous. It's so, so stupid. It's so stupid, but that's okay for a check, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, you know what? When people say, well, oh, Transformers, big, dumb fun. Nope. Nope. It's not big, dumb fun. It may be big, And it's really stupid, but it is really cynical, and it is not fun for me (laughs) to watch those films. This actually is the dictionary definition of big, dumb, fun. Big cannot argue with big. It's got loads of big set pieces. Dumb cannot argue with dumb. (laughs) And I didn't actually laugh, but I spent enough of the time going, (laughs) to actually... (laughs)
3: So if you that. add them all up, you make one laugh.
0: The guy next <laughs> to me was not having fun. He had his arms folded and he was frowning the whole time. Oh, dear. But he basically had come in going, "Right, they're going to moidalize my toidles again. And um, didn't have fun. And I can understand that, because I, I, I can understand like you wanting more from this franchise. But at this point, my expectations were rock bottom um, after the... Uh, you know, it's not rock bottom. Like basically, Transformers 4 is the nadir of of those films just like hot like takes four hours which mercifully this didn't absolutely disgusting all the characters are mangled just horrible sexist this just mess whereas this aside from one yeah one notable bit which i'll tell you about in a second was for children it really was for little kids and grown men and a couple of cool women who saw the original Ninja Turtles cartoon and were just like, okay, so you're going to make me seven years old again. Okay, I'll go with it. And you kind of have to if you're going to sit through it. you got to kind of go with it or you've got to, like, fold your arms like the guy next to me and not enjoy it. And uh, I can understand both stances, ultimately. you You, you might not want to let this in. And it's not going to do that fantastic things to you when you let it in. It's kind of like... It's kind of like, oh my god, it's like meeting an old friend from school on Facebook, but not high school, like like, primary school. (laughs) And then you meet him, and he hasn't grown up at all. And all he wants to do is talk about what life was like back then. Okay, so, Will Arnett, if you remember, he was a cameraman in the first one. His name's Vern. Um, He got all the credit for destroying the Shredder and uh he he got the the key to the city and he got given like a a mayor's commendation and everyone thinks he's awesome and he's doing he's basically doing a human version of lego batman where he's um only not funny and not well not you know well written like lego batman is um but um maybe like the lego games version of lego batman as in Mm. (laughs) that kind of humor um so, yeah, you know, he, he's getting all the credit. He's kissing his guns and going, mm, mm, I had a little help from thunder and lightning. <laughs> and, um, and Mikey and the, uh, I say Mikey and the turtles. Do you like Michelangelo? Because this is a Michelangelo film.
1: Okay, uh, so oh, not my
0: favourite. They, they made in the spokesman.
1: Okay.
0: When they, when they introduce the turtles, they're sort of they're jumping off a building and they're spin jitsuing around the place. And then eventually it sort of it says, Let me tell you who these turtles are. There's Leo, the leader. Well, that's, that's him, He's, that's his definition. Raph, the muscle. Donnie, the brains, which implies the rest of them are stupid. Yeah, pretty much. And Michelangelo, pizza lover. And he is at the time eating pizza whilst falling. And there's a bit where he snatches the pizza from some old guy holding the pizza, like an old delivery guy. And he goes, thanks, Kevin. See you next week. I'm fairly certain that was Kevin Eastman, creator of the uh, Ninja Turtles with Peter Laird. Um so yeah, they're they're watching Will Arnett take all the credit for their uh, their heroism at a basketball game, which Mikey ruins by dropping some pizza on the uh, ground and a guy trips over it. And it's for kids. That's what I realized. This this is for little children, and that's fine. That's actually that's actually fine. This is the opposite to that end of Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. They took something that is ostensibly for children and they made it for brooding late teens early 20s early 30s like like angry angry dark men and (laughs) um and nobody else whereas this they took something that is ostensibly for children and went okay folks this is for seven year olds so let's all put on our seven year old hat shall we fair fine fine that's absolutely fine no problem you know It's, it's it's dimension x it's goof bullshit it's mutants that that's par for the course. Well done. You're kind of back on track with, with with that one. God knows what they're going to do with this next time. I think this one's going to do better than the uh, first, um, because if it's a lightened tone and uh, you know more colourful, and because it comes out at, it's just going to do quite well internationally. If nothing else, they've they've probably got that sealed. But yeah, so the, the story continues. We meet. We meet. April is spying on a man named Baxter Stockman. And they have correctly uh, cast a, uh, an actor of color for this because uh, in the original massa- uh, m- Massage comics, <laughs> it's a Michael Bay film. It may as well be. In the original Mirage comics, Baxter was black. In the cartoon, he wasn't. But they got Tyler Perry, the renowned fat suit woman wearing um, comedian Tyler Perry, uh, to play Baxter Stockman. And April spying on him wearing a blonde wig. And she gets her a didgeridoo close to his widgetar, his iPad, which Donnie's given her a device that will allow her to scan his iPad and steal things from it, right? And she's like, this would have given you hives, this bit. I mean, this bit was the worst bit of the film, but it was all up, It was all yeah uphill after this. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm a total nerd for you, Baxter. And he's like, oh, a geek, that's okay, geek out. And she went, no, 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 I'm a nerd, not a geek. There's a difference between, it's like between Lord of the Rings – and Harry Potter. And I just thought every single geek or nerd in the audience probably just mouthed, fuck you at that point. But that's fine. That's fine. That's not the worst bit. <laughs> After she's been gushing over him for a while, um, some guy nicks his iPad or something. I think that's what happens. And then she's like, oh, got to tail got to that. So she turns around and follows the guy through what appears to be Grand Central Station. And, oh, my God, she can't get close to him because she needs to get her widget close to his the, the stolen iPhone. How do you tail a guy? Well, you're Jason Bourne, you're sort of like, you know, you basically blend in, you don't draw attention to yourself. April O'Neill has the stellar idea of. She sees a bunch of girl, like grown women in schoolgirl outfits posing with guys at Guyan Central Station, which obviously happens all the time, and she goes, aha! And she spots a uh, uh, clothes stand, an unattended clothes stand, obviously, with schoolgirl skirts. So she walks over to it, and the music's sort of like. You're about to say thank you to us. And then she steals a uh, skirt, swings it round herself while she's walking. Oh, yeah, April O'Neil. Sex appeal, April O'Neil. And she's sort of, like, you know, while she's walking, then she sort of undoes her white shirt and ties it in little knots. Like, you know, here's that midriff in case you didn't notice it. And so she's walking and she sort of. Drop, sp- drop like, pulls off the blonde wig and, like, sweet, like, L'Oreal sweeps her hair left and right, and it's Megan Fox. And then, you know, the, the camera pans out and she's walking, and her pants have disappeared. Her her trousers have just evaporated. She put her skirt on over her trousers. You literally can't walk whilst casting your trousers off without stumbling a little or leaning down. They just, they just disappeared. They melted off her legs. And she's, like, walking, it's like, oh, yeah, check out those legs, guys. mmm you bet you wanna fuck her. Am I right, seven-year-old boys? What? What? That is so tonally out of step. And I was like, please, please say this is not going to be the tone the whole way through. It's not. In fact, it's so not the tone the whole way through. It really sticks out like the sorest, most infected thumb. It's this hangover from Michael Bay's disgusting frat boy mentality. Like he insisted that this bit be in the film. He insisted that it be there. And it's like, yeah guys, are you okay? Right now put those erections back in your trousers, because we're going back to seven-year-old school. And then for the rest of the film, it's just this colourful cartoon. It's like, what the fuck was that about? Except at the very end when it was like, it's doing the sort of like and These were the characters in it. And it shows you April back in her sort of like swag, like little skimpy outfit and again. It's like April O'Neil, you're welcome. <sighs> oh, fucking hell. He's like a sex offender. He's like Dirty Stan Blue Movie Man. If you've ever read Viz, that's
5: what Michael Bay is.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I I labeled that one on my list of things to talk about. Gross bit with the skirt and April's uses. April's uses in the films are to stand there, to look pretty, deliver exposition, be told exposition, and then move Casey Jones around because he's in this as well. That's it. That's the only reason that Megan Fox is here. And you're welcome. If she hadn't had that bit at the beginning, she would be apparently totally useless. But at least she gives, you know, fully grown men and some very confused young boys erections. Ay-ay-ay-ay-ay.
3: I'm fascinated, though, now by this idea that she can take off her trousers while she's walking. It's a superpower. Without bending down to even, you know, take her shoes off. Nope. I've, I've tried to take trousers off over shoes. It's not easy. It can be done. You usually end up having to sit down yeah. to do it.
0: Even if Um. they are, like, tear-away Velcro trousers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which I could believe, frankly. Did you check the surrounding environment to see if uh, Patrick Stewart was standing anywhere?
0: Uh, Her clothes fall off instantly.
5: I think he's there. What about this? I'm a sort of James Bond figure, and I have to go to Iraq to rescue these hostages. And I get there, and they're all women, and they're naked because their clothes have rotted off. And I rescue them anyway, and I get them into the helicopter. All her uh, clothes fall off. Yeah, mm. they uh, they fall off onto the ground, and she's scrabbling to get them back on again. But before she can get her knickers on, just... <laughs> uh,
0: you know what? That's the only explanation for why April does this thing. Unless, uh, so I'm watching April O'Neil, and then she she sees me, and she she decides she's gone to get into a uh, schoolgirl skirt. So, oh, by the way, I had just 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 to tell you, like. The, the whole her being a superhero, a school, superhero skirt, <laughs> a schoolgirl outfit is so that she can like collar this guy and uh, just as he, he passes by these other girls dressed in schoolgirl suits and go, we've got us a cowboy here, put a cap on his head and like she can stand next to him and get the information off of that stolen iPod and then she buggers back off again. That's all of her uses. That, that was April for the film. Okay, there you go. That was April. So... Mikey wants out. He wants out of being uh, a turtle in the shadows. Um, this is when he's watching uh, um, Vern get, take all the credit. My, uh, that's um, uh, Will that. He's like, oh, he's taking the credit for our moves. I want to be out. Like, like Hellboy in Hellboy 2. He, he wants to be known, he wants to be appreciated. And uh, a couple of the other turtles, um, notably Donnie share, and a little bit of Raph, share his uh, feelings. But it's really, it's Mikey who wants to be among the people. So just like in Hellboy 1, because Jonathan Green uh, because David Green has been watching, you know, good films, and he's Mm -hmm. been copying Hellboy, Hellboy 2, and Avengers uh, for this one. So, you know, if you're going to copy, copy from the best. That's fine. Again, I have no problem with co-opting bits of other popular films, and indeed less popular than they should be films into your movie. Because at least if you're you're copying, you're copying from the best. Um, Transformers 4 I don't even know what it's doing. It's cut, cutting and pasting the disgusting bits from the first movie and just extending that over and over again. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the theme of the movie. Mikey wants to be out of the shadows. Um, then the Shredder, who now has a face and a voice and a name, and like he, he's being moved from one prison to the next. And one of the drivers of the, pol- the police van is Casey Jones, so I was expecting at this point for like a, a Dark Knight style bit where they spring the guy from the police van, like a really great Heat style sequence. What am I talking about? It's a turtles film. That's not going to happen. As it happens, it was actually pretty good. There was it's it's a highway chase. Uh, they get the turtle wagon out, which, as you remember, I said I wanted to see more of. Um, and it starts firing manholes out of its like a slot at the bottom, which the original party wagon did, and um that's great because it's a toy and they're driving in this toy and they want you to buy this toy, but that's kind of fine because it's a cartoon where they want you to buy the toys. And it's almost, it's almost more honest that it behaves like a toy. And like, Mikey's like, this is so awesome. And like, it's got gadgets all over it. Like Mikey puts his hands into some things and like suddenly these giant mechanical arms come out of either side and they've got these giant nunchucks and he's like sort of batting these foot clan on motorbikes off with these giant nunchucks. And like, it's, it's just this really silly sequence. But because it conforms to its own silly cartoon logic, it's like, oh, okay, fine. That was kind of fun. And the Shredder has been interned in this ba- in the back of this police van with two guys you may know named Bebop and Rocksteady. And they are human guys who are doofuses. And they remain doofuses throughout the whole movie. And that's, again, fine. I can't remember a single time when they really make a dis- like a leery adolescent... Like they never, like they don't interact with women and go Ugh, like that to them. That was what I was kind of worried about. Like that these guys would be like the twins from uh, uh, Transformers Two, or like yeah. the, they would be horrible racist stereotypes. Um, the the uh, Rocksteady is played by Seamus, a pre, uh, wrestler, and uh, Bebop is played by Gary Anthony Williams. And Shredder gets, like, just at the point that he's about to be rescued by a helicopter, and the turtles have prevented, have failed to prevent him being snatched away by the Foot Clan on motorbikes and a helicopter. He gets sucked into another dimension. I'm like, oh, okay, so Dimension X, is this going to be Krang? And then immediately it's like, yes, it's Krang. He's right there. And immediately this David Jones-looking big pink Krang is stuck in, in Shredder's face going, "Yeah, oh, Shredder, you're going to have to make it the Technodrome into New York City. <laughs> and I grinned because I was like, yeah, they got Krang right.
3: They yeah. Krang, so it was that voice.
0: Uh, it's 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 like it's a different Krang voice, but it's unmistakably Krang, and it's a Krang inspired by the original cartoon, and obviously informed upon by the new Nickelodeon cartoon, and uh, maybe some stuff in between. The shredder is the shredder from the um uh the new Nickelodeon cartoon, or the the in the middle cartoon, the teenage mutant ninja turtles, like the humorless shredder, like you know, and. I kind of – I could see how you could turn that guy into a fantastic straight man with the right actor and the right lines. Basically, with everybody around him behaving like an idiot, he becomes the parent looking after children who are hyperactive. Mm. So rather than making him comical uh, or the butt of all the jokes you make in the straight man as a sort of – just this, that version of Shredder. And, like, oh, nice. he's still got dig- like, to have dignity. That's not what really happens. He's just humorless the whole way through. But I could see yeah. how, like, a really good comic writer could turn him in. Like, you could still have the cartoonishness, but the Shredder is trying to be professional whilst everyone around him is behaving like a cartoon character. That mm-hmm. way, you're sort of nodding to the parents in the audience who brought their hyperactive children along. Do you ever feel like this sometimes? You're the Shredder. And... <laughs> Like, it would make you side with Shredder. But that's just me, and that's not what actually happened. So Shredder gets ordered by Krang. He gets given some purple goo, the secret of the ewes.
3: Oh, oh, I've got it. Yep. Meet the foot clan that lost everything and the one shredder who <laughs> has to keep it all together.
0: But he's about to find out that <laughs> battling the turtles is harder It's it
3: harder looks. than it looks.
0: <laughs> so he's given this purple goo and told to go and do X, Y, Z with it. I don't know, he's just like, Krang gives it to him and goes, this will help you. But because it's a cartoon, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make that much sense. So he gives him the purple goo. He goes to find Baxter Stockman. And um, Bebop and Rocksteady, oh God, they're hanging around in a bar and um, the Rat King turns up. No, not the Turtles Rat King. Mm-hmm. The guy was the Rat King in um, 30 Rock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And um, uh, he's, he's serving them drinks and then um, and they're acting tough because they've gotten out of prison uh, because they've been busted. I think they just, you know, blah, blah, blah. They got out of the van i guess it stopped oh yeah casey jones is disgraced because he failed to prevent the um the, the breakout he just sort of sat there going what are we going to do and like looking like the, you know he swore that the he swore blind to laura linney the stuck-up fbi agent type that uh it was a it was some sort of garbage truck which was firing um manhole covers and uh yeah they said right you're off the force um so yeah the the one of the best lines in the whole film is so stupid. Like Bebop and Rocksteady come up with most of them because they're just so like, f- like, oh, like awful puns or like, you know, misconceptions. It- so th- <laughs> Bebop says we could start our own foot clan
3: and
0: then escalate that to our own leg clan. <laughs> <laughs> Which I went, <laughs> and then the guy next to me scowled a bit harder. <laughs> So yeah, um, then the turtle, sh- then the shredder shows up for no reason, kidnaps them, takes them back to uh, um, his layer slash scientific place, where Baxter Stockman huh, gets the purple goo, synthesizes it, and then gives Shredder uh, like a gun to turn it into, like, a tranquilizer dart gun, and he shoots people, and Rocksteady, and, and I was like, okay, so how are they going to get a rhino into this? Because, like, in the original Turtles cartoon, the the rule was, the last animal you had physical contact with... <laughs> You turn into a mutant version of that. Well, how scientific. But it kind of made that,
3: sense. That would have caught quite a few people out, I would imagine. But it
0: kind <laughs> of made sense. Like, if it, Shredder it was like, Why, well, I've got a wild boar here, put him in contact with that, or, or put essence of wild boar into this. However, what Baxter's actually firing into them, this purple goo, it's actually concentrated nostalgia juice. And concentrated <laughs> nostalgia juice has no care for rhyme or reason <laughs> And so he shoots Bebop, and Bebop turns into Bebop. And he shoots Rocksteady, and Rocksteady turns into Rocksteady. If you don't, like, he turns into a big rhino. And then Baxter goes, oh, yes, apparently within our DNA, we have, like, the building blocks for the animals that we used to come from or something because science. And the entire audience goes, what? Oh, fuck it, they're Bebop and Rocksteady. And that's about all the explanation we require for why Bebop is now, in his own words, a little piggy. (sighs) It's so dumb, but at the same time, it knows it's dumb. Mm. (laughs) And it conforms to these stupid cartoon rules. It's like, look, if you're going to hold us to account, take a look at TMNT 1987 first. Just sit.
4: I wish I'd brought some comics. What you doing, was man? Just relax. Uh, what do you need them animals for? It's all part of the experiment. Uh,
3: you, you sure this
4: is gonna give us all them uh, powers you promised us, man? Absolutely. Of course, you may have a little trouble getting a date on Saturday night.
0: So yeah, uh, April then sneaks into this scientific lab full of ninjas and steals the purple stuff from out from under their noses and like flips them the bird and runs away. And then because these ninjas are like shit, because the, it's the inverse law of ninjas. Loads of ninjas equals rubbish. <laughs> One ninja equals awesome. Four ninjas, pretty good. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so April runs away, gets cornered in the alley by a bunch of uh, ninjas, and then Casey, who's been spying on her, uh, turns up wearing a hockey mask, like beats the shit out of them with, uh, with Casey Jones stuff, with sporting goods. And um, then, uh, they, then he meets the turtles, and he's all freaked out. Jensen Ackles, by the way, uh, he of uh, Green Arrow uh, from the TV. Um, kind of fun, kind of charming, probably a bit less sleazy than Elias Koteas, less funny than Elias Koteas, though, but more fun than Arrow. And you know clearly he's noticed that it's a comedy as well. Mm. Um, gets taken back to to meet the, uh, the to the turtles lair to look around, which, as in his own words, is like a giant theme park because it is. It's this sort of candy coloured theme park. And then they, he spots this disgusting rat scurrying around in the corner. And then Raphael tells him to charge the rat to shoo it away. And Splinter ov- obviously kicks his ass. Splinter in this film is sir not appearing in this film. Oh. He's- there, but he's barely there. Right. He's just sort of there to like. There's at one point where like he's trying to achieve in a in a piece, and he's been listening to this like recording, and it says you will achieve in a piece in ten, nine, eight. And at this point, the turtles are sliding down a sewer pipe, and it's like, oh, they're gonna wreck his in a piece. Oh, like I don't think you can get in a piece on a timer quite that precisely. Well, no, I think sl- if if Splinter would not be reliant on that kind of self help bullshit. He can do that on his own, even if he is a disgusting rat. Uh, Anyway.
2: Oh, God.
0: Um, So, yeah, Casey is a little bit like Batman, because before he um, goes to to help out April, he visits the Rat King and starts smashing his bar up. He's like, uh, first off, like, Vanilla Ice is on the uh, jukebox. It's not Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, although it should be. It's Mm -hmm. Ice Ice Baby. Why isn't it Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go?
3: Couldn't get
0: the rights. They could get the rights.
3: Didn't want to get the rights. Look, there's no
0: internal logic to this. It's a cartoon. It may as well be Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Everybody would have thanked you. So, yeah, maybe a re-edited version with with that instead, perhaps, for the director's cut. And, uh, yeah, anyway, he smashes the jukebox, then smashes the bar up, and everyone's like, "Ooh, he's horrible. But then he doesn't act like that for the rest of it. So it's like, that's his one bit of being a horrible Batman. I swear to me! Raph is kind of the Batman in this, but at the same time, he's kind of, he's a little bit more childish and at, at times a little bit scared with it. So they've kind of, they've taken a bit of the cue from Raph in the Nickelodeon shows as well. Like they still look like these giant, roided up, just monsters. <laughs> <laughs> they look awful. They, I mean, like not like bad effects, but just like, like they're over-designed as well. So they're um, roided up, monstrous over-designed turtles <laughs> they're quite endearing and they, they never say anything that i'm like oh that was terrible don't do that which is what all the transformers say all the time so but know, yeah, if you're going to stack the four transformers films and the two turtle films on top of one another this probably edges out the first transformers film because there's just so much in that first one that i find objectionable still yeah even though it has its high points so, Donnie gets some of the purple goo that April brought back, or something. I think the purple goo gets run around like the treasure of the Sierra in Madrid, but um, it, it, they end up with the, the purple goo. And Donnie works out that it can be retro engineered to um, technically make them human. So, he pulls a little on his uh, three fingered hand, and it temporarily goes five fingered for a bit. And there's a little quiet moment where he shows it to Leo and says, You know, we could be normal. And Leo says, Nope, don't tell the others. And that's that would be the heart of the film, because basically Mikey overhears and uh then goes and tells Raff and Raff is angry, and so the the brothers are divided a little, so th- that's what you've got- R- Raff then argues with uh leo and, and you know Leo says, "Well I'm the leader, you guys think what I tell you to think, and the entire audience goes, "Oh, I knew Leonardo was an asshole
1: uh older, better generations than us had like you know which beetle are you that kind of Influences what your personality is, but yeah. we're, we're in a garbage world, so uh, <laughs> I have to ask, which Ninja Turtle did you side with? Did you, like, as a kid, who did? Who was your oh, turtle? I was Raphael. Raphael. Every time, in the games, wow. mm. I always played as Raphael. I was,
2: too. I was Raphael, too, but that's probably why I'm so moody. <laughs>
1: Sarcastic. <laughs> You're just such a bitch. I am. I'm a, I was a Donatello. See, that, that that fits, too. You fancied yourself a smart aleck, <laughs> did you? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> it's funny, though. You rarely find someone who says Leonardo because you know why that person's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh, my brother was a big Leonardo. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, Your brother's yeah. not an asshole, but no, I mean, he's but I usually think... like uh, you know, like well, I'm. The, I'm the strong leadership, responsible. Type. Oh, yeah. yeah, the weight of the world is on me here, guys. Yeah, fucking pussy. <laughs> All those. <laughs> <What? laughs> See, All the raff, it's coming out of it. See, that's the thing. All those Leonardos went to Wall Street, man. They, they went <laughs> to rule true. the world. All those RAFs host a fucking podcast out of their living room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that really sums it up perfectly.
0: <laughs> See, I used to be a raff, genuinely. Now I'm more Donny. Let us know on the School of Movies forums which... Turtle, you identified with as a kid, and whether that's changed over the years. Have we mellowed? Were there more RAFs then than there are now? Or have we gotten more RAF like over the years? Uh, RAF is sick and told of being what to, told what to do over and over again. But we, the, the essential conflict, the essential pull of the movie is do we use this stuff and become normal human beings? Um, or do we not? Do we remain turtles? Mm-hmm. The You know, Leo puts his foot down, and says no, and then they, they, um, uh, they divide, and Leo and Donnie go off to do one thing, and then Mikey and Raph go off unbidden to do another, and break into Police HQ. Uh, they use Will Arnett and April at that point, and Casey. Uh, there's a bit of an action sequence, but the dramatic point is when the turtles get cornered by the police – um, that, you know, they scream at them to put their hands up. And, and Mikey's really taken aback by the fact that they, they they are both feared and, in his words, hated as okay. well by, by the humans. So that really just sets the cat among the pigeons and puts the extra pressure on them to be normal, to be human. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge dramatic arc. It's not a, a, a major through line. Um, and it's not really sort of explored all that much. But it's the best that this film's got. It's still not as good as that fight on the rooftop in TMNT between Leo and Raf. Uh, but it's close, I suppose. Um, then they go to Brazil, as you do.
3: <laughs> because, of course. I
0: guess they've got to have a giant plane sequence where they jump out of one plane onto another plane. And it's done for laughs and it's fun. And then the plane crashes and it lands in the Amazon and you know, there's a tank in the Amazon like bursting out of the water and they go over a waterfall and they're fighting with Bebop and Rocksteady. And there's no narrative to it really, but they're trying to get a purple thing and Bebop and Rocksteady end up getting the purple thing, which is the thing that will help Krang <laughs> go, get the, go to Brazil and get the thing, which is the thing that will help Krang get here from Dimension X, which is the place where Krang is. It's 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 that much, but uh, people from Study escape with the thing, and Leo's like, "Yeah, nice team effort, guys." You passive aggressive wanker, and um, then Donnie like says, "Okay, right. Well, we've got to stop Krang getting through. Do you want to be humans when we do so? Because ultimately, we can go move out of the shadows and possibly be accepted by the people if we do that. If not, they may always hate and fear us." And Leo's arc is to be told by Splinter ultimately, that your 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 brothers feeling differently to you is what makes you a team. you can't all think the same thing you kind of have to you know there is you can be a leader without everyone agreeing with you and leo wow. and leo just says uh, I, I I will do whatever you guys want to do and raf uh, obligingly throws the canister of purple goo against the wall and it smashes. And they like, well, that's out of the equation then. Okay. So we're not going to uh, be humans. And then they uh, go up to the street service where the uh, end of the Avengers is taking place. And dimension X is, uh, um, um, well, the, the rift opens because shredder presses the thing and turns the thing on. And the rift opens and Loki's army comes through and starts turning into the technodrome above New York city. And everyone's panicking and the turtles come up from the shadows. And April has told Laura Linney and her police that they're going to be here. And then they talk to the police and, uh, you know, Will Arnett admits, uh, yeah, I kind of maybe bent the truth. I had a bit of help from the Turtles the first Actually, okay, I suppose I helped them a little bit. They did the whole thing, uh, and they were the ones who stopped the Shredder before. So um, then – Laurel and he's like, right, well then help us and we'll work with you. And then Leo sort of paces forwards, points one finger up at the, uh, at the sky and says, right, we need to tech- da- 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 help the people. I'm being Captain America right now. Da- 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 da. He doesn't say, I'm being Captain America right now. No, but, he but we know I
3: he's know. thinking it real hard. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: and they, they, then they get to the top of a tall building, jump onto the flying big platforms of metal, which are flying through the New York sky to form into the Technodrome. Before they do, Donnie looks at it and says, it's 57% complete. Complete. we've got to get there otherwise it'll be complete in 4.3 minutes and it's like well that's a very precise calculation there donny let's because you do machines so i guess that makes sense and they get to the technodrome and shredder goes to krang before they get there hey you were gonna we're gonna rule the world together and krang goes no we aren't these are i love this <laughs> No, we aren't. These are my toys to break as I please. And then he freezes Shredder in carbonite and puts him back down with the previously broken toys. And he's a child. He's a spoiled Jack Kirby-style alien child, which is appropriate because there's a lot of Kirby influences in the original uh, Turtles. And basically, he just wants to play with the, with the world and be its ruler and smash it up and do whatever he wants with it. He's like Dudley or Carl. Mm. He's horrible, which is great. That's the, you know It's, it's, it's honest, and it's simple for a cartoon for for this to be the villain. He's just like, nah, let me now nah, I'm going to smash this place up because reasons. And the turtles get there, and then they, they go, "Oh my god, it's Krang!" And da, da da da. And then they have a fight with him and his robot body. And then and Casey and April and Will Arnett break into the lab. And you know that thing about only a ninja can sneak up on another ninja.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's different if it's Will Arnett and the Ninja are all rubbish like the Foot Clan. Because uh, Ninja Ninja gets completely trounced by uh, Will Arnett for no reason. Um, and Casey then takes on people from Rocksteady who he feels like he has a personal vendetta to, you know, because he let them go the first time. So I guess I have to bring them in this time. And... Um, then he they're riding all around in the uh, in, in the car park, and he <laughs> finds some rollerblades. Like rips the bottom off the rollerblades, and then duct tapes those to his shoes. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he just find some rollerblades which are just so happen to be his exact same shoe size? It seems like that is it's it's more realistic that that happens to be the exact contrived reason why he's wearing rollerblades, rather than us believing that duct tape will hold rollerblade wheels onto a pair of regular shoes. Mm. So he's skating around the place, and then the Hulk bursts through all of these, um, like, cars and sort of bar- bomb, you know, barges his way towards him in exactly the same framing as when the Hulk was barging towards um, Black Widow in The Avengers. Uh, it's, it's Rocksteady, not the Hulk. But um, then they end up in a crate, and they, he throws a grenade in. And I was like, oh, don't kill Bebop from Rocksteady. And it goes, you know, he closes the crate door, and it goes boom, and then... Um, Bebop says, you know, while while Casey walks away, My man! They're not dead. They love each other. In fact, they may really love each other. That's fine. Also fine. <laughs> so Bebop and Rocksteady are trounced but not dead. Shredder is frozen. The turtles... Do they beat... Cra- uh, the, the, Mikey uses his skateboard, surfboard, hoverboard thing to get the thing and then attach it to a drone to fly it out to the thing. And then... W- April O'Neil and... Um, Will Arnett beat Karai, a trained ninja assassin, because reasons to press the thing to close the portal, just like in Avengers and um, Donnie sends the Technodrome flying back towards the rift and they all it all flies through and the turtles jump off and krang goes i'll get you next time turtles <laughs> and then they they get given keys to the city which is what will Arnett got the first time when they're like yay we got keys to the city and it's a quiet little ceremony at the bottom of the statue of liberty with laura linear and about 12 policemen <laughs> and they get that little bit of recognition and it's like well done you saved the city a second time thank you guys uh, and um, if you ever want to help you know you could you could lead normal lives and uh raph says you know yeah who wants to be normal um and the one line they were missing was i love being a total which uh would have been great but it's fine and then the, the the last shot is them standing on the torch of the statue of Liberty and it's sort of going around and they're like yeah woo, we won. and then it goes Teenage Newton, Ninja
4: Turtles, Teenage 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 Newton, Ninja
0: It's like a slightly remixed version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme from the original cartoon. Just saying, just in case you were wondering, guys, this was totally that cartoon. You're welcome. Um, and that's it. That is that is literally the the second, or um, what would it be? The fourth, fifth, sixth Ninja Turtles film. Uh, the, the the central premise is. Turtles feel like they are outcast from society, want to be kind of more part of society, in the end decide that they would rather just uh, be themselves, not be normal, um, uh, but, you know, enjoy the benefits of of what they have and the family that they have, and uh, they beat Krang, who is this intergalactic, horrible toddler. (laughs) The
2: end. Possibility 2. Bebop and Rock City named themselves. Maybe Shredder workshopped those names with Bebop and Rock City before making a decision and invited them to sit down for a quick lunch to decide what they wanted to be called now that they're giant, unemployable monsters. Seriously, he makes a joke about how ruined their lives are gonna be by this process, so the least he could do would be let them pick their own names. Did they try a bunch of other names in that hypothetical meeting before landing on Bebop and Rock City? Or did they just kick open the door to Shredder's office and tell him, look, we're Bebop and Rock City now, and if you've got a problem with that, you can get f-ed. But if that's the case, How did these two bozos land on words from the history of music theory? This is where it starts to get really interesting. First, a little background. New York City was considered at one time to be the jazz capital of the world by jazz musicians. Jazz at Lincoln Center, a concert venue arm at the legendary Lincoln Center Performing Arts in Manhattan, which contains David Geffen Hall where the London Philharmonic plays, the Metropolitan Opera House, and the Juilliard School, first began as a summer concert series in 1987. And that first season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles takes place in Manhattan in 1987. So maybe Bebop caught one of those concerts and decided that he really liked jazz and When the time came to pick a monster name, he settled on Bebop, this new and exciting music he'd just discovered, in honor of this new and exciting stage of his life as a giant mutant pig. Rocksteady was clearly into the punk scene, so maybe he was also a big fan of first wave ska just naturally discovered Rocksteady on his own. Bebop and Rocksteady could be failed conservatory students. Maybe both these dudes were only working for Shredder so that they could pay for their tuition at the Manhattan School of Music. Jazz is one of their specialties. Or maybe Bebop wanted to get into Juilliard. According to the census, the average income of a single male in 1987 was about $17,000. And tuition to either of those schools would have been a third of that. So maybe they're just criming to make ends meet.
0: Uh, That was Cracked.com, a... YouTube channel I have seriously grown addicted to. Very much recommended. Not as good as the first Turtles film, which mm-hmm. is you know by modern standards not fantastic. I think my nostalgia or or just you know certain fondness for 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 you know certain lines, certain moments, certain the, the little dramatic bits, and bits that kind of tug at the heartstrings of the original Turtles film. Um make it superior. The TMNT 2007 one has a couple of really good moments and some fairly beautiful animation, um, all lost in this great big silly monster plot, which kind of, it doesn't even make sense. Not even as much sense as this one does. Yeah. Oh, Baxter Stockman gets dragged away screaming and he doesn't turn into a fly kind of feels like he should have done. Mm. But um, but yeah, I, I didn't stay for the very last bit. Maybe it was Baxter Stockman as a fly. I don't know. Um, It's better than Turtles two by far, by way far, you know, better than
1: their babies. Oh, because they've failed him. They're
2: babies.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, it's my favorite line. Babies. (laughs) They're
2: babies. So
0: mad about it. Better than Turtles three, which is the absolute worst. But you know, unless you count things like the the next Mutation TV show, which is terrible. And it's considerably better than the more recent Jonathan Liebsman 2014 version, which is just, as we said before, a, a, a really lengthy setup of like, you know, these are the turtles and explaining how they came to be so many, like so many times for half the movie, followed by a, a half movie long extended action sequence twice.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, the first movie is tedious and tiresome um, at, with, with some bits of it which aren't awful. This one is actually straight up kind of fun and stupid, and th- there were a couple of times when I was like, "Oh, when's it going to be over?" But it made me grin enough to feel like it was at least moving in the right direction. And maybe, like, if they had a great scriptwriter for the third one, and keep um, keep Green on as director, he's, he's actually pretty good, and I like his energy. Keep David Green on, um, but if they had a great scriptwriter, then maybe the third one will actually be straight up very good Uh, it's written by Josh Applebaum uh, who has also written Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol which is not a bad film at all he wrote the original uh, the the 2014 Ninja Turtles and he's also writing Beverly Hills Cop 4 oh okay yeah Um, and it was also written by Andre Nemec um who wrote co-wrote the original Ninja Turtles so basically and Ghost Protocol so yeah um like yeah, I, I, personally, I, I would replace those guys with. There's plenty of writers that I could suggest, but that they really that it would not be likely that Bay would would retain. But this could have been a lot worse. It really could. Um, I would also undesign them a little. Like uh, uh, like. I would also dial back on the over-designed Turtles a bit. Like They've got so many things and bits and bobs hanging off them. Just strip them down a little bit more. Mikey's still Mikey, just wearing the orange mask. That's
3: you know, true. The orange mask is all strap. you need.
0: Yeah. He doesn't have to have a skateboard strap to his back and, and orange shades hanging off a, ne- a surfer dude necklace and like surf shorts. And Frankly, if the third one is just as good as this, it'd be like, yeah, all right. It's It sure as hell isn't as, as awful as watching the Transformers films. And I I do hope that they actually get more from this, because at least it's a step in the right direction. I certainly don't want all blockbusters to be like this, big, dumb, fun, because ultimately the Marvel films and some other really, really good ones have been striving ahead for the past 17 years now and really elevating what blockbusters can be. Mm -hmm. And that first Turtles film seemed to gleefully ignore that fact. This one seems to be a bit more, oh, we could be a bit more like Avengers, a little bit more. Um, you know, which is it's fine. Um, that there, there's still these horrible hangovers of, of Michael Bay. I would take Bay off production altogether if I if I could in any way control this. Take Bay off. Um, well, like, if all he's I'd got, like got C- to C-
3: contribute.
0: My God, that would be awesome.
3: If all Bay's got to contribute, that's obviously his. Yeah, is apparently Michaela Fox. Michaela
0: Fox is that name? Michaela was the name of Megan Fox. Sorry, is that?
3: Is that apparently Megan Fox can take her trousers off without any visible engagement with them at all? Instantly. Instantly. If that's it, it then is that needed?
0: Well, no. He's producer. He he got the he he's the money man. He got Platinum Dunes and um, Alibaba Films and the Chinese film company or whatever they were called together. Yeah, he he made made it happen in that regard. But here's the thing his disgusting influence was not felt throughout the film just in that one maybe a couple more spots and um yeah, yeah. it's it's almost like they uh, they were purging their system of him and uh yeah i i would give this uh <laughs> what was my uh, my system it was player uh, is a void so i suppose it gets an okay. Double toasted would give it a matinee. Like you know, just go see it on the cheap. Yeah, mm. see it on the cheap is my uh, is my sort of yeah. It's all right. That's a three star.
3: Okay, so for Lyra and I, it's basically a case of wait until it comes out on DVD.
0: Yeah, wait until it's out on DVD. I will gladly watch it with you. Okay, I think I'll, I'll probably buy it on the cheap at some point. But mm. uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it'll please Lyra because its target audience of kids were laughing, mm. and that's that's what you're supposed to do for a kids film about. Silly Turtles. There are other ways you could go which make it better, smarter. And, you know, you could really start exploring proper subtext and you could really start having giving them character arcs and you could really make it about something. Mm. But, I'm not saying Big Dumb Fun is the only way. However, it is a natural fit for the loopy material we're dealing with here.
3: And it could be argued that uh, regardless of what the, the original Comic Turtles target audience were, which is often what people trot out when, well, mm-hmm. trot out, that's a bad way of phrasing it, but that's often what they cite when they're talking about the fact that, you know, why are they aimed at kids? They weren't supposed to be aimed at kids in the first instance. Mm-hmm. But Marvel was supposed to be aimed at kids in the first instance, mm-hmm. and Marvel are providing that more intelligent, more thoughtful, um, more involved kind of action movie
0: and every so often they'll do something like guardians which is really kid friendly and ant-man so yeah i mean compared to the dark dark path that transformers has headed down they're doing well here and uh much better than the two misfires that uh, were gi joe in fact actually speaking of which i really didn't like gi joe retaliation that much this kind of reminded me of the first gi joe You know, where it's like just silly crap just going on. But specifically, the first G.I. Joe was actually pretty faithful in many regards to the original G.I. Joe cartoon. Whereas in the second one, they almost were were ashamed of that and they were trying to sort of get away from it. So, yeah, keep going in this direction, I suppose. And uh, if you can get better writers, get better writers. I don't know. Who am I talking to? (laughs) (laughs) I would suggest better writers, but I always suggest better writers.
3: Yes. Better writers, better paid writers, more recognition for your writers, um, and not blaming everything on your writers if things go wrong. Yeah. Those, those are all things that I would endorse.
0: But the ratio of her huh to was way in favour of her. Huh. So, yeah, thumbs up in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> it
3: still sounds pretty middle of the road, but yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it's just above the middle of the road. Okay. It's above average. Just sort of thing. I'll be interested to see what the other reviews say, because there are going to be some people who probably absolutely hate this. Uh, and there are going to be some people who actually maybe disproportionately love it. So it, unlike X-Men Apocalypse, where you've already got an established series that has gone to really dark and interesting and, uh, and emotional and like subtext places where just coasting is not on, and there was never any like really horrible tone moments like that Auschwitz moment in X Men Apocalypse. Um, so you know it's doing better than the X Men series right now. Oof, but it sure as hell ain't Deadpool. Okay, right, that'll do from us. Next week, what do we got? Oh yeah, Warcraft. See you in <laughs> see you in seven days time for Big Green Monsters. <laughs> And in case it's not abundantly clear yet, I thoroughly recommend We Hate Movies, episode 168, TMNT2, The Secret of the Ooze. And, you know, all of that stuff.
1: I got a question. Uh, We're four turtles living with a rat. We're eating pizza every night in a sewer. Am I just going out to the ravine and having diarrhea, or do I have, like, a... Is there a bathroom I think there? your bed is your bathroom. You're, <laughs> yeah. You live in filth. In the sewer. And then no, Splinter's that- just eating this shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he lives on. Splinter would not stand for any of this. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, my sons, you have to stop shitting in the house. Like, no, they're going out. There's, like, a hidden hallway... <laughs> You know, we we may look like animals, but we cannot live like animals. (laughs) Exactly. There's a part of the sewer where they all go to have horrendous, famous
0: Roy's pizza diarrhea. Before I go, I just want to say a few things about the genius, possibly the unintentional genius of using It's Tricky by Run DMC in the second trailer for this movie. Now, Run DMC were a hip-hop group that had their heyday in the 1980s, much like the Turtles. This song from their third album, Raising Hell, was released in 1986. They were strongly associated with the New York street scene, much like the Turtles. So if we're 30-something and when we were kids, their music was new, the Turtles were new too. So cast your mind back to that point and fix on those moments. But it goes further than that. See, if you're in your 30s and you were into gaming, chances are you probably bought into the PlayStation 2 back in the early 2000s, which means you probably would have played the original SSX snowboarding game released when there wasn't much for the system, which means you would very likely have experienced the delight of playing its sequel, SSX Tricky. Now, this sequel was more confident, more colourful, more fun, more sure of what it needed to be. There was a little more to it, and of course, the theme tune was... It's Tricky, by Run DMC, more specifically the k rec remix, which changed some things to funk it up. The lyrics also play into a neat rejoinder to Mikey's dream for what he wants for him and his brothers. He kind of wants to be a celebrity, but as the lyrics make clear, even if he gets his wish to be known and adored by the people of New York, things will still be tricky. The second game is fondly remembered as the SSX series High Point, so let's hope that's where that game and this movie differ, because the Turtles have only just begun to get good on the big screen. I've been Alex Shaw. I've
3: been Sharon Shaw.
0: And I have always liked
4: Cowabunga! Cowabunga! This piece is my recital. I think it's very vital To rock around That's right On time It's tricky (coughs) Here we go It's tricky To rock around To rock around That's right On time It's tricky It's tricky 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 It's tricky To rock around This little girlie, her hair was kinda curly Went to her house and bust her out, I had to leave real early it girls are really sleazy, all they just say is please me Or spend some time in rock a rhyme, I said it's not that easy It's tricky to rock around, to rock around, that's right, on time is tricky How is it that It's Tricky, tricky. My time, I'm not singing, folks keep ringing, cause I make up a rhyme. I'm not bragging, people nagging, cause they think I'm a star. Always tearing what I'm wearing, I think they're going too far. A girl named Carol follows Daryl every gig we play. Dendy Dista and Dismissed, a nasty shocking Jane. I ain't lying, girls be crying, cause I'm on TV. They even bother my father cause he's down with me.